Anyway, so <laughs> um, you are listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. My name is Kay. I'm Carrie. And we're so happy to be back. I feel like it's been 20 years since we recorded. Yeah. It does feel like it's been longer than a week. We're readjusting our recording schedule, so it's been... (laughs) I feel... (laughs) I still don't feel synced up yet. Yeah. We're... We've both had some stuff going on that has made it very hard to record on the days that we wanted to record originally. Yes. But now we're back. I'm happy with this day of the week. I like Tuesdays. I do too. Tuesdays have been a really nice day, especially since Mm -hmm. I stepped up to assistant manager and that has been like my consistent day off. So I get to do all the shit that I need to get done on Tuesdays. Well, it gives me the whole weekend to like actually relax and I can kind of chill the rest of the week and then... Especially it's nice because I have to travel like every weekend in the coming month. I don't think I have a free weekend in March. Oh. So. (laughs) What are you doing? Oh, I had, um, this weekend I'm going to Louisville to get my hair cut and be with my family for my birthday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like my parents are going to take us out and stuff. Um, And then the weekend after that is what, the ninth? Yeah, we have that dinner. Yeah, we have that dinner. Um, and then I was like, what else is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have that. And then uh, the weekend after that, I go up to Cincinnati to see MFM. Who are you going with now? I'm going with Abby. Oh, okay. Cool. My brother's girlfriend. Yeah. Nice. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. She was one of the first people I thought of whenever uh, Kelly said she couldn't go. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm really excited. We get to bond. Yeah. I've been pushing her to listen to that podcast for like. Like, since we started talking to each other, like, through texts, like, uh-huh. big old weirdos. and <laughs> Not big old weirdos. We're both too anxious for the phone. <laughs> and busy. But, yeah. It's going to be fun. We're going to, like, meet at my parents' house and then drive up to Cincinnati and then drive back to my parents' house after the show and spend the night. That's awesome. Yeah. It'll be really fun. That's awesome. My birthday is four days after I have surgery. And Yay! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I planned on going and, and seeing a movie, but I don't know if I, I don't know. You may have to just wait. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not a big one. It's just yeah. 22 yeah, and you can celebrate it whenever. Like we, we've kind of been, I've just kind of been using the excuse of it's my birthday for the past month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this weekend will be the first time it's like an official, this is for your birthday. I mean, we did go out to dinner with a couple of friends of ours um, the weekend after my birthday because we were recording Yeah, <laughs> on my birthday. Um, oh, hey, entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, Not that we're making money yet, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I have so many customers that have been coming in and like being like, have you seen this movie or this movie? No. No, I work dude. here full time and I'm starting another business. Like, yeah, like I have, we have a movie exchange thing going on at work mm-hmm. and it's, I feel so bad because like I'll give one to my coworker and he'll watch it in like a week. Yeah. Maybe he'll only have it for like a week, maybe a week and a half and then he'll give it right back. And then he knows that it's going to be a month before he gets his movie back Aww. <laughs> because I'm so busy. And usually his are like really long and like. Like two and a half hour long dramas or something like oh, that. Jesus. And I'm like, uh, 
and they're usually made in the 70s he has good taste like yeah. don't get me wrong but it's always when it's a time commitment like that and it's something i don't really know a whole lot about yeah i'm less apt to be motivated to watch it <laughs> i'm trying to use this as like a branching out tool yeah you know? but because i get really stuck i get really set in my ways you know what i'm saying yeah i'm trying to not I love my mother very much, but she she gets stuck in a rut of like let's watch Harry Potter, let's watch Agatha Christie, let's let's and it's like the same twenty things over and over yeah. again. You know what I'm saying? Nothing against anything she watches. She has good taste. Yeah, but you know sometimes you need a little something. You got to branch out. Yeah. I did start you finally because oh. like I have a I have a really bad habit of just sitting and like watching the same thing over Me and too. over because I know what's gonna happen and like. Then because I can watch I don't want to think or something, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, so I did start you, and, um... <sighs> How amazing is the first episode? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's so weird, though, because you want to be on his side because he's cute. Yeah. But then you're like, dude, you're you're jerking off in a bush. Yeah, like... And then you're like, oh, you this is wrong. It. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is wrong. I shouldn't be rooting for him. Yeah. I should be upset for her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's an interest. It's interesting to get transported into that mind. I watched The Sixth Sense today, and I haven't seen that since I was like eight, maybe. You know, that's the movie that scarred me for horror movies. Oh, really? Yes. They played that movie, Kay. I was on a mission trip, a choir trip for church. Oh my lord! And we were on one of those tour buses that has like a VCR. Yes, yeah. a VCR. Because I'm that old. Well, I used to have a ton of VHS tapes. Yeah, like like, it it had a VCR so you could play movies on the TVs. Yeah. And someone put in The Sixth Sense. I was in like sixth grade. Oh, no. And I was deeply sheltered as a kid because I have a really active imagination. So I have to be really careful about like the scary stuff that I watch. I'm getting better about it now. But um, now that I can kind of separate myself a little bit more Mm because I'm older. But as a child, I had a really hard time separating from reality. Yeah. And... um. Or separating fantasy from reality, I should say. And I knew that I wasn't allowed to watch scary movies. And so I watched a little bit of it and then decided it wasn't for me. So I put, um, I had like a little zip up hoodie. So I put that kind of over my head and turned on my headphones. Like put a CD and I put a CD in my portable CD player. I had one of those yeah. too. <laughs> and turned up the volume so I couldn't hear it. And then like I decided to peek to see if it was over. And it was that scene where the girl is like vomiting under the bed. Yeah. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> just, like, and that, that scene has stuck with me so much that I won't watch. I, I can't watch the movie. Like I get sick when I think about watching that movie. People Do are you, like, well, you should. And I'm like, well, I know the twist. Like there's no point. Well, you know why she's throwing up. I really don't want to know. But sure, let's let's go for it. It's so gross. It's so chunky and like Yeah. Her mom had Munchausen's. Did she poison her? See now I kinda wanna watch it. Yeah. Oh, you know what I saw? What? I was watching Hulu for some reason the other day. My brother got me hooked on this show called Letterkenny, which is fucking hilarious mm-hmm. if you want something pure. It is like if you transported where I live now into Canada. Ooh. So it's like super rural, <laughs> like hick. Ville, but yeah. they're Canadian, so they Aww. talk like this, and it's all, oh, oh, hi, buddy, hi there, buddy, how are you? Good and you, <laughs> you know? Oh, not so bad, and you know, it's just, oh my god, it's so funny. Um, so I was watching that, and then I got the idea. I was like, I should watch that preview for the um the Dee Dee Blanchard, um, what's it called? The Act. I think it's called the show that they're doing. I think it's called oh, the Act. Um, there's a show. It's a show on Hulu. I thought that's what you were talking about. No. Is there a movie? Yeah. Oh, Lifetime just did a movie. 
Oh, I didn't know that. There's a show. That's what. That's why I was confused. Oh. There's a show on Hulu. That's okay. why I said, oh, that actress, she's too pretty to play Gypsy. Oh, we yeah, I was real confused. We completely misfired there. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We're going to watch that after we record. Yeah. Because I changed my opinion of it th- now that I've actually paid attention to the ad. Uh-huh. She does still have her teeth, which bothers me. And she is wearing, like, some makeup. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get out of my head and be like, it's American television. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But her voice is spot on and it's fucking creepy it's my mom's my best friend like oh that's awesome it's so good and i didn't know patricia arquette is playing Dee. Ooh, and she like put i don't know if it's a fat suit or if she actually put on all that weight oh goodness she's not nearly as obese as Dee actually was but it looks really good i'm gonna have to show you that preview don't let me forget after we record well i need to fucking watch um a discovery of witches because I did sign us Me up for too. Shutter, so um, I we're need officially to get married. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we now have a joint Shutter account. <laughs> we know we know enough about each other. I know, right? We could. It'd be fine. Yeah, I could do worse. <laughs> um, uh, we Seriously. bought our tickets for Captain Marvel today as well. Yes. So excited! By the time this comes out, this will it will already have happened, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to see it. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, anyway, we are not talking. It sounds like we're just rambling. Sorry. We're just really excited to see each other. We both had pretty long weeks. We and have. And we're, what we're talking about today is kind of heavy. And it actually does have to do with a lot of media. So um, huh. today we're actually talking about uh, mental health stigmas in the media. As in how the media perpetuates the stigma of mental health. Yeah. Um, so just to preface this real quick, I'll just go ahead and get started. Um, just to preface this real quick, I don't want anyone to think we're going to talk about some specific movies and we're going to talk about different genres of movies and things like that and TV shows. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm shitting, that we are shitting on any of these movies. Yeah, because they're all wonderful. They're oh, all yeah. wonderfully done. And I, it's one of my favorite genres. Psycho thrillers are one of my favorite favorite genres i love it because just because i mean i have mental illness and so i really and i just find psychology if you couldn't tell from the segment that i do every week (laughs) i find psychology fascinating um and so i really i really enjoy when i can watch a movie that really takes someone to the limit i think i find that to be a really interesting experience um not shitting on those movies at all um but I also want to say this, that like, those are one of our favorite, th- that's one of our favorite genres. Um, we're also, <sighs> we're also adults that can look past. Well, we also, we both have mental illness yeah. and we are pretty well educated on how mental illness works and um, the realities of it. And it's easier for us to separate what they're pushing from what is actually happening i think because we've i mean we both are have been to college you know we've both taken psychology classes at least i have i don't know if you took psych 101 i think everyone has to um i actually um took it in high school and took like another psychology class when i was in when i was getting my associates i've been thinking about going back to school and majoring in criminal psychology Ooh, but I don't know. I'm supposed School to cost money. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Let's supposed just do to this. be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to be going back to school in the fall and 
I really want to, but I'm also kind of thinking about just like getting my certification to be a PI. Me too. Let's be PIs together. Let's fucking do it. Oh my God, Kay. We would be so good. We anyway, would. <laughs> anyway, we can brainstorm later. How cool would our podcast be? <laughs> we could just podcast from the car while we watch people cheat on each other. Anyway, dream. Yes. Dream job. <laughs> well, Christine, um, when when she was like first doing and that's why we drink and like she got her job for yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah. She was work her day job. She was working at a private investigating firm. Yes. Yeah, and I'm like, I want to do that. Like, yeah, why can't amazing. I do that? You just like creep on people on their Facebook and stuff. It's yeah. so awesome. But anyway. I'm going to cut all of that out. But anyway, <laughs> so what I was saying is that we're both able to enjoy these and most people are able to enjoy these separately and know that not all people with schizophrenia are violent and mm-hmm. not all people with, you know, bipolar disorder are crazy or, you know, and it's, it's not that, and that's a pro that's a problematic word that I just used right there. But, um, the reason we're talking about this is because not everyone has equal opportunity. Not everyone has received a college education. Not everyone reads. Uh, there are a lot of the vast majority of our of our country. People just absorb what they can about things from the way that it's presented on TV and television shows and movies on the news. You know, in 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 news in journalism articles and 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 things like that. So. Um, and that's something I severely struggled with growing up because um, when I was in middle school, my mom moved us in with this uh, gentleman who had um, autism and a bit of mental retardation, which is what they called it at the mm-hmm. time. I don't know what they're calling it now, but whatever. Um, He's the sweetest. He, <laughs> he is. And like I was going to a Christian school when I was in middle school and like middle school's hard enough. Like, I had a really rough experience in middle school. But, like, when I was trying to make friends, like, I was trying to have sleepovers and stuff. And my mom had to disclose that he lived with us. Um, and there were a lot of times where people would not come over because... Because they were uncomfortable. Yeah. Because they they have a very limited understanding. Mm-hmm. And, like... My mom has done respite care for years and years and years and like I I've been around mental illnesses mm-hmm. all my life. So like it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother my mom at all because she knows the people that she's bringing into the house. She knows that they're not going that they're not dangerous. Yeah. And, yeah, and most people yeah. actually aren't and I'll yeah. actually I'll get into that a little bit too, but sorry, yeah. finish what you're saying. Oh, no, it's okay. It just it really it really hurt because I didn't understand at the time why no one wanted to come over. Because and to you it was normal. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I was already having issues, like, mm-hmm. with people not liking me anyway. And then, like, them not coming over because of that, like, Aww. didn't help. I, and I got older and I understood. But at the same time, I was also like, okay, yeah. They probably wouldn't have come anyway. Like <laughs> No, it's fine. I've got good friends now. It's just I was older than all of them mentally. and Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, okay, so I like to start with a definition. Yeah. So um, what is stigmatization? Um, and I've got a couple different definitions because I found a few and I loved them all. So why pick? 
Um, (laughs) So stigma is what happens when some person is viewed as an other. Uh, This other is denied full social acceptance. Um, So the most established definition regarding stigma was written by this guy named Irving Goffman, in 1963, in his blah, 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 that's a really long title and a dissertation because I'm sure he was a fucking doctor. So, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> so Goffman states that stigma is an attribute that is deeply discrediting, that reduces someone from a whole and usual person to a tainted, discounted one. I thought that was a really good use of words. Yeah. There. Would you mind to read that really again? Specific, yeah. Um, stigma is an attribute that is deeply discrediting that reduces someone from a whole and usual person to a tainted and discounted person so it dehumanizes people and reduces them to just whatever it is that you're stigmatizing be it they're a drug addict they're an alcoholic they're someone with bipolar they're a bipolar or whatever you know they're a schizophrenic you know what I'm saying? People are making it about what ails them instead of what who they are as a person. Exactly. Instead of it being a person who happens to have a mental... It's like, it's like painting someone as a cancer patient. Yeah. It's like calling someone a cancer patient. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you even instead saw this... Instead of calling them a person with cancer. Yeah. Yeah. You even saw this with the Scarlet Letter. I oh, mean, yeah. They made her out That's to exactly just be... exactly the same. Yeah. And then she ended up being, like, one of the best people in town. Genuinely good people, but yeah. she messed up once. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They reduced her to her sin. Yeah. Um, so, in the social, in this social work, um, this guy named, this other doctor guy named Dudley, I'm going to post, we'll post all of our sources. I'm just trying <laughs> not to clog this up with a bunch of citations. Um <laughs> He was working from Goffman's initial conceptualization, um, and he defined stigma as stereotypes or negative views attributed to a person or groups of people when their characteristics or behaviors are viewed as different from or inferior to social norms. But that was a really good way of putting it as well. Yeah. Um, And I know that everyone's probably rolling their eyes so hard that it hurts right now, Um, but this is one of those things where people like, Nobody thinks it matters until you're the person who it's affecting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sorry, but I know people are super annoyed because it's like you can't say anything nowadays. None of this is, none of my, what I have to say anyway, is going to be about making you not say things. It's literally just about making small changes. You remember if you go back and listen to our episode about verbal abuse, the way that we phrase things is so important and it carries so much weight. Like, Words have a way of deeply affecting people and affecting situations and making them either volatilely worse or making them inc- like magically better. It's 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 crazy the it's crazy how such a small change can make such a huge difference when it comes to language. Yeah. Um so okay, final definition. So um society is ingrained with prejudice Oh, okay, sorry. This is a more specific. This is more specifically tailored toward what we're talking about. So, um, society is ingrained with prejudice towards mental illness, and sufferers are often widely perceived to be dangerous and unpredictable. 
Reinforcement of these popular myths through the media can perpetuate the stigma surrounding mental illness, precipitating shame, self-blame, and secrecy, all of which discourage affected individuals from seeking treatment. That's why we're talking about it. Yeah. That's why we're pulling back the veil on this one. And just to kind of add to that, um, it's not just movies and TVs no. and TV series and stuff that makes this a problem. It's also people that don't know what they're talking about getting online and spewing a bunch of shit oh, yeah. about... So it's on social media yeah. as well. Yeah, this is including all forms of media. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like people that actually have some issues that people have romanticized are like are finally at a point where they can say no like Mm -hmm. i didn't get out of bed at all last week like i ate the candy that was in the drawer some next to me maybe (laughs) like i wasn't just well and i'll get into a little bit more of that specifically as well sorry you know what you're talking about no no it's fine. sorry i just wanted um, to interject there's a lot of misuse when it comes to mental health issues like yeah. i personally actually am a claustrophobic person mm-hmm. so it makes me really angry like when i'm in a crowded place and i'm actually feeling anxiety to where someone comes in and says oh it's claustrophobic in here no that's not the correct use of that word yeah or when someone i also have ocd and when someone spends a day cleaning their house and did it meticulously or spent a little bit too long straightening a picture says, Oh, I have OCD. Like you don't know what it's like to actually suffer with that disorder. Please don't sling that shit around lightly. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, Oh, you don't have to get bipolar on me or, you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. We just need to watch our mouths because you don't know someone's story. And especially unless you know, I don't know. I just don't think we should sling those words around like they're slang. But anyway, so um, efforts aimed at countering stigma and mental illness are faced with the challenge with the challenge of centuries of discrimination and must therefore replace existing stereotypes um, with coverage of positive outcomes, which is what we're doing (laughs) Um, as a first step in achieving the daunting task of overcoming these negative stereotypes. Uh, long-term anti-stigma campaigns that encompass the hum- that encompass human rights-based normalization and educational approaches are needed. Um, the involvement of the media is essential for success, but in order for the media to be used effectively, its motivations and limitations must first be recognized and understood. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very well said. It was. I did not write any of that. I completely <laughs> stole that. <laughs> but Most of what really we're saying well we probably did not write. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was really well done. So, um, so let's talk about some specific ways that, um, these stigmas are kind of perpetuated. So, um, oh, and by the way, what I was saying about like people saying, oh, it's claustrophobic in here. Oh, I have OCD or, oh, I feel, I just, you got bipolar on me or something like that. That's called trivialization instead Mm -hmm. of stigmatization. Yeah. Just to be real specific and maybe we'll do a different episode about it. We'll see. Real OCD Um, (laughs) is having to check the door and the windows five times before you can get in bed and relax. And sometimes, sometimes. But I mean, it's fixating on things. Yeah. Sometimes it's circulating things. That's what I have. That's where I focus on or I get so caught up in the minute details of things that I forget about the whole and the big picture. 
and I tend to fixate on things and overthink oh and just go over like if I had a customer mm-hmm. I'll cut all this out but if I have a customer come in and I in some and for some reason they leave angry I'll sit and wonder why like what I did wrong and how I could have done it differently yep a thousand times and I won't be able to stop that's the difference in someone who just kind of overthinks yeah I literally can't get out of my head and, and you also, make yourself sick over it. And I'll like, go back to when I was in middle school some days. I'll get some weird, embarrassing memory in my head from when I was in like fucking sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And I'll be back there, flashback and be back there and be thinking about how and be obsessing and stressing over what people probably think of me. They don't fucking care. Yeah. They're all wrapped up in their own lives. But I'll be back there and I'll be I'll feel all of that anxiety and, and embarrassment all over again. And I'll think about it and turn it over in my head over and over and over and over and over again and get myself into a funk. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Was, I didn't mean to sound like an asshole. No, you're I think fine. I did. But no, you're like, fine. Like my boss... I have opened, I'm pretty open because I'm proud of who I am. And so like I, I've opened up and been like, well, I'll make jokes sometimes and be like, oh, well, you know, if you can't, if you can't, there is no cure for OCD. So I was, I've always said like, well, if you can't beat it, might as well just feed it. Right. So like, (laughs) that's why I have an office job where I fill out forms constantly and I can be really particular and meticulous. And that actually, it works to my advantage. Mm -hmm. And he'll be like, he said something the other day, like that people come in and say, oh, I have OCD. I'm, I'll be good at this job. And he's like, let me see your car. And I'm like, you know, that's not a thing, right? Yeah. Being OCD doesn't necessarily mean you're a neat freak. Yeah. My car is filled with garbage because I don't give a shit about my car. <laughs> I hate it. I want it gone. So I don't take care of it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but I care about my job. So I'm incredibly meticulous and detail oriented when it comes to that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. anyway, total tangent. I'll probably cut all of that out, but anyway. Um, Sorry, I just... No, you're fine. Yeah. No, you're totally fine. Don't ever apologize. That's our next episode. <laughs> um, I think. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Is it? I don't think it's in the first 20. Is it not? No, we should probably do that at some point it soon. Is. Oh, it is? It is. Oh, cool. <laughs> I don't fucking know. On my paper, it is anyway. We don't know. I'm week to week. <laughs> I always text Kate. I'm like, we're doing this topic this week, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. Thanks. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Okay. Um, so let's talk about some different types of stigmatization or some different ways that this happens. So um, first, mental illnesses such as schizophrenia are seen as so disruptive to society Um that those with such conditions must be isolated from society altogether. I can attest to that. I mean, I used to think that. Yeah. Actually, um, because I was in fucking high school and Fight Club was one of my favorite movies. So if someone said, "Oh, they have schizophrenia," I was like, "Oh, that's terrifying." Which it is a very, it can be a very terrifying disease, but yeah, um, it's definitely treatable. Yeah, with talk with, therapy and, and medication, medication, and it's definitely one of those that you cannot skimp on your treatment yeah. at all. For sure. Um, but. I mean. I don't know. I've like I've just I've grown up around mental illnesses. So mm-hmm. it, they don't. Did you there wasn't a lot. That, I've never known anybody that actually has schizophrenia. It's a pretty rare occurrence. I probably did. And I didn't know it. You See, know. Yeah. there There were so many people that my mom took care of that. It didn't. It just wasn't a thing for you. Yeah. There was really never a time I was uncomfortable around Mm -hmm. any of them. 
um, any of them, any of the people that she <laughs> took care of. What do you of. mean them? <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm just God. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I see. And now I was the opposite because I was brought up so sheltered mm-hmm. that I'm embarrassed to say I was brought up so sheltered and so, um, kind of in such a bubble that even people of other religions made me uncomfortable when I was growing up because I just didn't know how to handle it. And I was taught that they were wrong. I was taught that they were wrong. I had some weird Sunday school teachers. So, um, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Growing up in the Bible belt. (laughs) Yeah. It's really hard. Um, and like I had a friend growing up who, um, her mom was Catholic and her dad, she, she was half Indian, half, um, white Mm -hmm. and her, like Indian as in from India, Um, not a slang term for Native American, just to clear that up. She was Indian. And um, so her dad was Hindu and her mom was Catholic. Which actually goes really well together. See, and I didn't know enough. I don't, I didn't know anything about Hinduism. I was literally taught by one of my Sunday school teachers that if you have differences in your religion, you will end up divorced, which is not true. I mean, at some point, yes, your your core beliefs need to be the same. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, you can get around that. Yeah. And they were perfectly happy. You know what I'm saying? But he came in one day with like incense or something like that. And it made me so uncomfortable that I left. And I I think back, that's one of those things that I think back and really regret because it's embarrassing. Like how fucking ignorant is that? Yeah. Of course I had been taught that that kind of thing was of the devil for real. So I was like afraid that a demon was going to get me. Yeah. Again, because I had crazy Sunday school teachers that told me if I had nightmares, it meant there was a demon in my room. So that was fun times for a sixth grader who was afraid of the dark. Yeah. Who has now grown into an adult who is still afraid of the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Which stems from an anxiety disorder and a fear of the unknown, but it's fine. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) Anyway, so schizophrenia definitely is painted that way a lot. Yeah. Um, I think the number 23 is also a schizophrenia one, but I'm not sure. Have you not seen the number 23? No. It's phenomenal. Jim Carrey is in it. Really? He plays a serious role. He's amazing. How have Logan I never Lerman heard of plays it? his son. It's so good. I can't remember who plays his wife, but she's amazing too. I just can't think of her name. She's amazing too. The whole movie is phenomenal. I I love Logan Learman. I think we own it. I might have to send you home with that. Yeah. Don't let me forget. Okay. Um. Oh, I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything. If you haven't seen the number 23, everyone go home and watch it. Fight Club is another really good example. Um, and schizophrenia is such a v- variety of different symptoms that, I mean, like you said, someone with schizophrenia could be walking through, walking among us as a normal person because it's very treatable with medication and things like that. But, um, so the second one, uh, media accounts focus on the individual with mental illness rather than framing mental illness as a societal issue. Um, so constant, consequently media consumers are more likely to blame the individual for the illness. Exactly. And that's where the issue comes up because I mean, it's not the person it's not the person's fault. It's just like needing yeah. a pair of glasses. Yeah. Or like, um, I think Amanda said this on one of the wine and crime episodes that it's, she has diabetes mm-hmm. and she also has, you know, anxiety issues and things like that. And she's like, it's just like having diabetes. Yeah. You have to treat it every day. Every day is a struggle. Some days are easier than others, 
but you have to constantly treat it. And if you skip a day or two and you don't treat it, you're going to feel sick. Yeah. Like, it's just like anything else. Yeah. I mean, my grandmother and my mom both have diabetes and like watching them. My grandmother used to um, go off of her anxiety medicine because she couldn't afford it and her diabetes medicine oh no see and, and then there's a, there's the healthcare issues in our country yeah Woo! but i mean she would be like a different person yeah yeah that's how i am too yeah i, I mean it was it was so bad my mom eventually quit sending me because she could not and would not stay on her medicine mm-hmm it's she was, really hard too because yeah. a lot of people with mental illnesses yeah. like we take our medicine and then we feel good so we don't think we need the medicine anymore well i mean i've done that yeah well I'm part like, of well, the, I'm better <laughs> yeah. well part of her problem was she would get money for her medicine and then she would spend it on useless stuff oh well that's another issue yeah so um anyway <laughs> sorry <laughs> no you're fine so um anyway so number three so the third one is people with mental illnesses uh well sorry um, third, people with mental illness suffer from overgeneralization and media portrayal. So this is what you're talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, for example, everybody with a specific condition is expected to portray the same characteristics of the disease. This drives me bonkers. Yeah. So, for example, depictions that, that all people with depression are suicidal. No. Not true. Not true. Um, and that all people with schizophrenia hallucinate. In reality, only 60 to 80% of people with schizophrenia experience audio auditory hallucinations, which means hearing voices, mm-hmm. and a smaller number number experience visual hallucinations. Those are still pretty high numbers, but it's still not 100%. Yeah. And I think that's important to point out. Um, the depression thing really bugs me. Um, because not all people with depression are suicidal. I mean, I was at one point, but that was due to a variety of circumstances mm-hmm. um and have access to the treatment that i needed and it wasn't nearly as accepting i don't think and i just didn't know i didn't know it wasn't normal like <laughs> that what yeah. i was feeling wasn't normal either but i mean i still i have depression and i'm not suicidal at all anymore you know what i'm saying um i still have my days yeah i mean it's it's just but not all people with it yeah are suicidal all the time yeah you know what i'm saying it's more of a oh i could call in sick to work today and everyone would be okay with it because i i uh the flu is going around i could just stay in bed all day what's the point you know yeah (laughs) that kind of thing (laughs) or i don't know not being motivated to do things or i don't know there's just there's so, so many other symptoms with depression that so many people may not realize they have it because they're not suicidal. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that they're exposed to. Just like not all people with anxiety have panic attacks. You know? Yeah. Anxiety manifests in many different forms. Uh, all of these manifest you, in so many different forms. Yeah. Like like what we talked about with Charles Darwin. I mean, like he he had panic attacks, yes. But I mean, he was just And sick. lots of farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of farts. <laughs> Uh, but he was just sick all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you're sick all the time, it's it's probably a good thing to look into it's to prob- see if... Yeah. If you, they've ruled everything else out and they can't figure out what's causing it, it's probably mental. Yeah. That, I mean, that's my belief. But anyway, 
Um, so fourth, media, media portrayals discount the fact that many people with mental illness don't need to disclose this condition to everyone around them. Um, instead, whether by intention or not, mental illness often goes unrecognized. Yeah. Uh, portrayals in media, however, present situations where everyone knows about a character's mental illness and this mental illness is no longer concealed. They're always portrayed in like extremes. Yeah. Like you said, the OCD person is sitting and clicking his pen 10 times and counting them or obsessively washing his hands or you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't portray I didn't even know that what I had was OCD I thought it was just my own anxiety I didn't know other people didn't do this yeah you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> until I researched it a little bit more because a YouTuber mentioned it once yeah like I was like oh that sounds really familiar do I have OCD <laughs> <laughs> well I didn't know that I 100% had it because I mean I thought that just Going around and checking every door and window in my house was just you being safe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I will drive back to my house if I'm not sure that I locked the door. Oh, Even though fair. I know I check it like nine times before mm-hmm. I actually get in the car. You have to reassure yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I There were days where I was late to school because I would keep driving back to the house because I wasn't sure if what I just did or if I had really done what I just did, or if I had thought about it. So I would literally drive back. Well, but it's also, like, like I said, panic attacks is not what all anxiety is. Like, I'm afraid to call people on the phone. I just won't. I need to order my CBD oil so that I can treat my anxiety and be more focused at work. And I won't do it because I can't just order it online. They make you call a fucking phone number and talk to someone. So I won't do it. I still haven't done it. I've been out for like two months. And I won't. What happened to that? It tasted like weed and it had THC in it. Oh. It was like 3% THC and it made me feel weird. Oh. Yeah. So I sold it to, I sold it to my coworker. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fine. Um, Well, I'm about to start. I mean, I didn't, I'd never used that brand before, so I didn't know. But well, we're about to start selling CBD at work. So, I mean, worst case scenario, you can just <gasps> text me. While it stays in business. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I will in 100% take you up on that because I will do anything to not call someone. Okay. My husband does that to me. Like, whenever he's like, hey, why don't you call in? He always makes me call. Because he's like, no, how, how is it helping you if I just enable <laughs> you? <laughs> I'll be like, well, why don't you call and order it? And he's like. No, you need to do it. (laughs) I tried to get him to call and order the CBD oil for me. I was like, but I'm too anxious and I need it to help me not be anxious. And he was like, Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even. Um, Okay. So, fifth, the media portrays mental illness as being untreatable or unrecoverable. A lot of times in these psychological thrillers, not to shit on these movies, like I said, um... But the person ends up locked up in a mental institution or in prison or it's portrayed as so extreme that there's nothing that they can do about it. Yeah. Like I I said, the person who's clicking their pen a bunch of times who has OCD, there's no mention of them not being on their medication or something like that or needing or anyone needing to go to therapy or something like that. 
Because apparently they're going to therapy and being on medication is shameful. Yeah. Even though everybody in this country has at least 12 prescriptions. We are the most drugged country. Why are we not more chill? We take like what? 70 to 80% of the prescriptions made in the world. I mean, it's nuts. <laughs> but no one's on medication. That's shameful. Yeah. <laughs> Just like getting divorced is shameful. Shut up about your medication. Right? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I saw this one post on Twitter where uh, this person overheard their two of their classmates, and one of them was putting a shot in her belly because she had diabetes. Oh, and someone shit. was like, can you not do that here? And she's <gasps> like, um, I'd like to live, Karen. Like, <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> yeah. That's like those people that are like, that give women dirty looks who have to breastfeed in public. Like, yeah. fuck you. I hate that debate. Yeah, like you're perfectly fine with the Victoria's Secret models like being mm-hmm. naked, essentially yeah. on a billboard. Yeah. Sorry, I had to feed my child. Would I, Would you rather I let him scream? Yeah. Well, what if a kid sees it? Then you explain what breastfeeding is. You fucking ignoramus. And have That's they not, not been word, to but, the beach? Oh my gosh. Whatever. We're not gonna get off Sorry. on this tangent too. <laughs> but I mean. Anyway, so, um, okay, so, why are we talking about this? Um, I'm probably just going to read straight from this article because it's really well written. So, um, unless you majored in psychology or attended medical school, chances are the bulk of your knowledge about mental health comes from the newspapers you read, the television shows you watch, and the movies you see. Studies indicate that mass media is one of the public's primary sources of information about disorders such as bipolar, schizophrenia, and depression. The catch? <laughs> Research also suggests most media portrayals of mental illness are stereotypical, negative, or flat-out wrong, meaning many people gain an unfavorable or inaccurate view of those with psychological disorders simply by skimming a few sentences or picking up a remote control, meaning that many people gain an unfavorable or inaccurate view of those with psychological disorders simply by skimming a few sentences or picking up a remote control. Um, the worst stereotypes come out in such depictions. Mental ill indivi- mentally ill individuals as in such depi- depictions like this. The, the following examples. Um, mentally ill individuals um, are shown as incompetent, dangerous, slovenly, and undisturbing. Or undeserving. Wow. Undisturbing. Undisturbing. <laughs> That's not what I said. It can be disturbing. Um, and as... Prof- this uh, Stephen Hinch that was by a guy named um, Stephen Hinshaw. He's a professor of psychology at the University of California, Berkeley. So he know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, the portrayals serve to distance them from the rest of us. And when you've got that them versus us debate going, you've already divided people as it's, much as you've you already can. lost. Yeah. yeah, you can't reduce people to their illness. Over time, the media has slowly become conscious conscious of these harmful... I never can never say that word right. Conscious. Conscious and conscience are two different things. I'm sorry. Okay. I can't say um, S-U-G-G-E-S-T. Suggest? Yeah, I can't say it. What do you say? I don't want to say it. No. Say it. So, um, suggest? suggest? You say Su- suggest? Suggest. Yeah. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> It's not I love cute. You. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you oh. too. Um, so over time, the media has slowly become conscious 
of these harmful portrayals, experts say. Um, in 2013, the Associated Press added an entry on mental illness to its style book to help journalists write about mental health, about mental illness fairly and accurately, which is amazing. Um, and in recent years, Henshaw notes, um, screenwriters have made an effort to portray a more humanized characterizations of individuals with mental illnesses. Uh, for example, um, Carrie Matheson on Showtime's Homeland. Ooh. She has bi- she has bipolar disorder. I've heard a lot of people come in who ha- also have bipolar disorder when I used to work at the movie store with you. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of customers came in who had bipolar disorder, and they said that, that was the most accurate representation of that disorder they've ever seen. That's so awesome. high five to Showtime. Um, and then also Bradley Cooper's character in Silver Linings Playbook. Um, and John Nash... The Nobel Prize winning economist with schizophrenia in A Beautiful Mind. The movie scared the shit out of me because I was like, oh my God, what if nothing's real? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It scared me so much because I was like, well, they already have this disorder. Oh my God. And of, uh, this is when I watched that when I was like at the height of my anxiety problems yeah. when I was in college. And so, um, like, I watched it and I burst into tears and I've never watched it since because I was like, it's, it's, I had the snowball thing you know where i was yeah. like oh my god i have anxiety disorder and then i'm gonna go crazy and then they're gonna lock me in a mental institution and then i'm not gonna be able to have sex because my medication's gonna be awful which is what happened to him in the movie and then i'm not and then i'm gonna be sad all the time and i'm just gonna be locked up and nobody i'm not gonna have a family and blah, blah, blah. you know Aww. what i'm saying it just oh it was awful yeah that movie's amazing though um <laughs> that was just my own reaction to it because it scared me a lot yeah Still needed, Henshaw says, are more realistic portrayals of the everyday struggles associated with mental illness. I agree. Um, And despite new scientific advances in the understanding and treatment of mental illness, recent studies indicate that media depictions of mental illness are as outdated and harmful as ever. Um, This is from a different doctor, Dr. Wall. Mm -hmm. Um, He's from Connecticut University of Hartford, and he wrote a thing that has a really long title. He wrote a thing. Yeah. (laughs) He also wrote this thing. Um, if media representations of mental illness aren't improving, individuals can at least become aware of the insidious portrayals that shape their perceptions of real-life people with psychological disorders. That way, they can distinguish between fact and fiction, stereotype and reality, and the characters on screen versus their real-life peers. I don't know. I just thought that was really... That put it really well. Um, I want to plug this show real quick, and I know I've talked about it before. If you haven't watched it yet, watch Jane the Virgin. I know on the surface it seems like a silly telenovela, but it's a really impressive show. Um, they cover, they balance out a lot of serious issues with a lot of really, really amazing comedy. And it is so entertaining and so fun. There's so much romance and so much drama and so much crime, and it's so good. But they also model effective communication. They model problem solving and conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. When people are struggling, they go to couples therapy. That's awesome. Um, they deal with things like postpartum depression. That's part of what kind of inspired my interest to do this podcast, at least. And like the topic, the, the whole unspeakable topics thing, because I was so impressed that they are pulling the veil back. Like her kid has behavioral issues. And he has to wear a medical helmet. I never knew what those were for. 
It's Aww. because if you don't do tummy time or if he's if the baby's on his back too long, they can get a flat head. And so it reshapes their head because their heads are still molding. So they don't end up with like ridiculous dental problems and things like that. Like I never knew why ki- I'd seen kids with medical helmets on before. I just never knew what they were for. And so ignorance mean breeds dissension. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, without knowing, you know, with not not consciously, but, that, you know, that's just kind of the reaction that happens. Yeah. And now I understand you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So her, her kid has to wear a medical helmet to so reshape his head. And um, there's issues with finding out that you're adopted at a late age and um, parental issues and sexual repression and sex shaming and just a lot of really good issues where they portray things really accurately in my experience. Yeah. Um, recently, sexual awakenings, which has been fun. You need to watch the show. Okay. I need anyway, to. Um, and, you know, dealing with success, talking yourself through failure. Like, just, there are brilliant, there is brilliance happening on this show. Way beyond the fact that this girl was a virgin who got accidentally artificially inseminated with this super hot guy's sperm. Like, <laughs> that's the premise. But there is so much value in this show. And I just am really impressed with what the CW is doing on TV right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, just to give that a quick, really good plug, because I don't think I'd really, I know that I talked about how I was rewatching it or something recently, but just the more I watch it, the more impressed I am, you know, like they have money issues. What do you do when you're fighting about money when you're married and like stuff that no one talks about, you know? Yeah. Real stuff that no one talks about. It's just, oh, we're married and now we're happy forever and we fuck all the time. Like, no, No. that's not life. Sorry. (laughs) Like, so then we all feel like freaks when that's not how our real life happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why things are just thrown away now. I mean, like, so many people don't want to work on. Um, Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Making the relationship work. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that it takes work. And then they just want to throw it away. It's easier to quit than. Because the spark isn't there or, yeah. you know, because, you know, it just I, and until we open up to each other and until these things start getting portrayed more accurately, it's just going to keep getting worse. Because whether we know it or not, we project those things onto our own lives. So we have to really be careful and make sure that we research and make sure that we're well educated about things before we jump to conclusions. Yeah. So. It really impresses me that it's about communicating effectively. Like they'll have a they'll have a burst of an argument like for comedic effect, mm-hmm. and then they'll come together later and talk about it. Like I'm sorry I lashed out. I guess I was thinking about this thing and I was projecting on you. And I'm so sorry. It makes me feel this way when you do this, and I reacted negatively. And I'm sorry. I love you. Let's figure this out. They really. It's really really impressive. Aww. I really wish I'd had something like that as a model when I was growing up. And it's, I just love that they're teaching young, the younger generation already and they're taking it seriously. They may have, they may be a very flawed network. I don't know. (laughs) Everybody has some shitty stuff going on behind the scenes, but what they've brought to the table has been really incredible. That's awesome. I really do need to watch it. It's just. Girl, you do. (sighs) Did I tell you I now have a crush on Rosario Dawson? No. I did. In one of our past episodes, you weren't listening. You gotta watch it. You would love it. I know. You would love it so much. It's so good. Okay. Anyway, some of the more specific examples. Um, people with mental illnesses. So, I just want to say real quick, the movie that I watched recently that inspired me to want to pick this topic 
was Halloween. I watched the original Halloween this past Halloween. Because mm-hmm. um, my husband's been trying to get me to watch more scary stuff because I'm a huge fucking chicken. And um, <laughs> so we watched the original Halloween because the new one was coming out. And I love Jamie Lee Curtis because she is a goddess. Yes. And uh, I Did love you? her so much. We watched so because the new one was coming out, we watched the first one that came out in the 70s. It was like her first movie or whatever. She's just as gorgeous as ever. And um, the thing that was the most problematic to me was that Michael Myers has no backstory at all. And now I'm not shitting on this movie. Like, please don't get me wrong. The movie is amazing. It explores horror in a way that is not done anymore. It's in the shadows and the creepiness and the darkness. It's not about the flashiness or the jump scares. It's we're making out on the bed and his face comes out of the shadow. It's a different subtle kind of horror. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not paranormal activity. It's not insidious or whatever. It's it's a different genre. And to me, it's scarier because it's real. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like like in the new one, whenever... I think this was in the trailer. I don't know if it made it into the movie or not, but this was what made me want to watch it. It's because the lady like takes her trash out and you leave the door unlocked she takes her trash to the end of the driveway and he sneaks in the house oh (gasps) like terrified you know what i'm saying that's scarier to me than something that jumps out at me and makes me scream yeah because that shit's real that could happen you know what i'm saying but what was really problematic to me about the original and like i said i very much enjoyed this movie please don't come after me with pitchforks and torches because I get it. Um, a lot of people will say that Michael Myers is partially supernatural and partially a mentally disturbed person who's a murderer. None of that is clear in the movie, though. And the only reason you know that is because you watched a lot of special features or you read interviews with the director or something like that. It is nowhere in the movie. Yeah. You know? Literally, he is portrayed as a seven-year-old kid who just went crazy and murdered his family and that's not accurate those kinds of things don't just come out of nowhere yeah it's always it's not nature versus nurture it's always both i mean maybe occasionally one time out of a billion one like someone will be born who is just broken but i don't think it's a hundred percent like that at all no there are plenty of sociopaths who grow up and don't go on to murder people there are plenty of psychopaths plenty of sociopaths who grow up and don't go on to murder people you know what i'm saying so it really and and this is one of those instances where it was portrayed as incurable they locked him in a mental institution when he was like seven or whatever because this was also made in the 70s there was a lot of problematic things in this movie yeah but Well, I mean, that's what happened. Yeah, and they just, they locked away the key, and then he somehow found a way to escape, and then went back, somehow found his family, even though he'd never been there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, there was just so much that was wrong, and so, like, as I was watching it, I was, I was enjoying the movie, but at the same time, I was like, if I was not, if I was someone who did not have a good understanding of what mental illness is, I would think that this is how murderers are made and i just want to convey real quick that it's both it's not just the person's mental illness that makes them a murderer it's also the environment that they're raised in it's also the way that they're treated by others so the weird kid in the back of the class fucking be nice to him yeah or her or they 
or both i don't know (laughs) you know what i'm saying be nice to them because you never know what a little amount of kindness might set them straight or might you, you know what i'm saying might might just be enough of something i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this i just it's it's a butterfly effect like you don't you don't realize what effect your words or your actions will have on someone that will cause them to either do something or not do something in the future act out in a way to gain control over their lives by murdering someone or raping someone or hurting animals or you know what i'm saying it's just one of those things. Just know we, we have to be able to separate ourselves and we have to start like that's why I like the Rob Zombie one so much better because you see it gives him purpose as opposed to just saying, oh, he was born broken. Yeah. You know, the Rob Zombie one I was actually able to watch. I couldn't watch the newest one. I loved the Rob Zombie one so much. It was really good. Mm-hmm. That kid did a really good job. Oh, yeah. As well. But that was just portrayed so much more. You see his bad environment. You see the warning signs of him hurting animals and things like that to where it makes more sense that then he lashes out this way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was one where people that that was a, the, my prime example of people uh, of this example here, which was uh, people with mental illnesses are always portray- or are portrayed as criminal or violent. And then there's another one that says um, that people with mental illnesses look different than others. Maybe it's the disheveled hair. Maybe it's the rumpled clothes. Maybe it's the wild eyes. Whatever it is, um, there's usually something, quote, different about the appearances of people with mental illnesses, be it on TV shows or in video games, movies, or comics. These traits serve as visual signifiers to cast these characters, who are often threatening or evil, as other. Yeah. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I think it needs an example. Um, <laughs> but uh, many po- many homeless people who often lack the resources or wherewithal to take care of their appearances are mentally ill. But there are also a huge number of people with mental illnesses who are getting up, showering every day, and going to work. Like, yeah. <laughs> in short, people with mental illnesses look like everybody else. We all, we look like pe- normal people. Yeah. Um, and not like their media stereotypes. So people with mental illness, and then here's another one. So people with mental illnesses are childish or silly. That's another myth that the media portrays. Um, Many movies and TV shows, for example, Me, Myself, and Irene, which is a wonderful movie. Yeah. (laughs) Starring Jim Carrey as a patient with disassociative identity disorder. Is that's uh that's multiple personality. Yeah, now, that's what right? it's called. That's now. what it's called yeah. now. Yeah, or Monk, the show about a detective with obsessive compulsive disorder. They make light of mental illnesses. Um, they portray otherwise serious psychological conditions as mere quirks, or those who have them as, or those who have them as silly, funny, or childlike. Um, these portrayals don't convey the way the way most people with serious mental illnesses are in pain. In reality, he says they hurt and they're struggling, which we can make light of things. That's yeah. fine. But I think it's also important to make sure we balance the humor with the real thing. Like, have you seen uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? No, I've heard it's sad, so I haven't watched it. It's sad, but there are also a lot of funny moments. That's a Leo movie, isn't it? Yes, it's Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio and Johnny Depp. Yeah, I knew that. And it's um, it does a fantastic job of that. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's 
I, I'm not going to say anymore. You just yeah, need don't to tell watch me, it. Cause don't, <laughs> don't spoil it. Um, okay. And then here's another one. Mental illnesses are all severe or all alike. Yeah. Not true. Um, <laughs> according to this German guy's research, I'm not going to say that name. I'll completely, I'll completely mess it up. Um, so according to this guy's research, depression only accounted for 7% of the psychiatric disorders shown on TV. However, 12% of the characters suffered from some, some form of psychosis, experiencing delusions or voices or losing touch with reality. In reality, depression is much more common than mental disorders such as schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. Yeah. 100% true. Uh, the real-world relationship is going... Uh, quote... The real world relationship is going to be that depression outnumbers the family of psychotic disorders by about six or seven percent to one, end quote. Um, Yet on TV, the most extreme cases and the most rare disorders tend to be disproportionately represented. And I mean, I'm not going to shit on them too much for that because those are the most fascinating, to be honest with you. Depression is kind of just sad, but um, (laughs) it's it is in, in fairness, it's much more fun to play someone who's off their rocker yeah (laughs) than someone who's just sleeping on a couch yeah but (laughs) which is kind of what the reality of depression is in the day-to-day yeah but um but we do need to be conscious of that you know and it's it's important for all of us to kind of realize that it's a lot less common than it seems to be portrayed yeah um so um individuals with mental illness also note that various conditions tend to get lumped together Mental illness is used as a catch-all phrase to describe someone's condition, as opposed to specific medical terminology such as schizophrenia or anxiety disorder. And even then, little variation is shown from patient to patient. Um, One movie portrayal of bipolar disorder tends to resemble another, so it just tends to be the same stuff over and over again, which is what we said earlier. Yeah. Um, And here's the other one. This This is why A Beautiful Mind made me cry. Because I had seen so many things where this was portrayed. Yeah. That psychiatric hospitals cause more harm than good. And this is perpetuated through horror movies. Yeah. And that's not to say that there's not value in portraying the historical horrors of what happened in psychiatric um, hospitals. Yeah, because they used to be so shitty. Horrific. Yes. However, it's very rare to see one portrayed in a positive light i don't think i ever have even the ones that aren't portrayed as horrific tend to be portrayed as just kind of neglectful and they're just like a home where everyone lives and is not to use the negative term but everyone just kind of lives there and is crazy together you know what i mean yeah they're not portraying any kind of positive treatment or anything like that so hospitals for the mentally ill have come a long way since 17th oh, yeah. century Europe <laughs> um, when cold, dark facilities housed hordes of physically and mentally disabled patients along with prostitutes, <laughs> sex workers, alcoholics, and other social outcasts. Um, those mental institutions resembled a prison more than a place of healing, an image that's still perpetuated in cinema, according to a recent study uh, conducted by these people in Spain. Um, <laughs> there's a lot people. of really long words that I, I'm too drunk and tired to read. It's <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. I'll just butcher it. Um, so despite sweeping reforms that occurred over the past half century, many films and television shows continue to portray psychiatric hospitals as bereft of comfort or care. 
Empty corridors, bare walls, and intimidating wings filled with manipulative doctors whose treatments cause more harm than good. And patients are often shown as committed against their will or psychotic and out of control. I know that's 100% what I thought it was. I'm not going to lie. I'm still scared to ever go to a mental hospital because I'm afraid that it'll be like that. Because I just don't know. Me too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm afraid I'll be strapped to a bed and left there. Yeah. Or stuck in a padded cell. Like, that's... That's why I never really told anybody about my self-harm. Exactly. Until after I thought I was good. Because... Because you didn't want someone to flip out and commit you. Yeah. Yeah. Which they can't do. Yeah. But I don't think. It depends. I guess if you're harming yourself, they probably can. Yeah, they probably could. I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna have to do this as an episode. Yeah, one I don't day, know. one we day, need to my educate mom. Ourselves. Yeah. One day, my mom looked at me and she was like, "Do I need to take you somewhere?" And that made me snap out of whatever it was that made her think that real quick. Because I was like, "Nope, don't need nope. to go nowhere. I just need to go to my therapist." <laughs> nope. Bye. <laughs> no <I'm> good. <laughs> Um, while all medical facilities differ in quality and care, today's psychiatric wards and treatments are different, even if the public's perception of them isn't, experts say. And despite the common television or movie theme of a patient being sent to a psychiatric hospital against his or her will, that's often not the case. Quote, in reality, a great number of people elect to go to psychiatric wards, says Wall. Um, dispelling the notion that most patients are involuntarily committed. Laws differ from state to state, but on average, it's very difficult to send patients to a psych ward against their will. Fair enough. You also can't commit someone to rehab against their will, <laughs> as we learned in the office. <laughs> no! 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 There is no way! There is no way! There is no way! <laughs> that was the funniest episode I've ever seen. <laughs> what oh, about Groundhog it. Day? <laughs> I celebrate... <laughs> Privately. I celebrate privately. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the last one. Um, People with mental illnesses can't recover. That's the last one. And that's so not true. It's not. And that's another one that I really appreciate from Jane the Virgin. Because her, um, there's a death at one point. And not only do the characters go to therapy and things like that, but their journey with grief is really shown and it's shown in a way that makes sense and is real yeah about you know moving forward and feeling guilty for still being alive and not feeling like you can be happy and and there's they they begin to move past it you know what i'm saying and it's just really it's really lovely and other people, other characters who experience a lot of trauma or have horrible things in their past are able to move forward and be successful because your mental illness does not define you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It is not the end all be all. In fact, once you're diagnosed, That's... incredibly, it becomes it, it's a breath of fresh air because yes. you can it it gives you some validation and it gives you something to point to and say, okay, it's that. And how do we treat that? That's the problem. Let's fix the problem. It gives yeah. you kind of a plan of action and something yeah. to kind of attack. Okay. So, uh, recovery is seldom shown in the media. Um, wall notes quote, when people are shown seeking therapy, when they go to psychiatric hospitals, rarely do they get better. And if they do get better, he adds, 
it's enough that they're stabilized, but not enough so that they're integrated with the world and have friends and jobs. Yeah. Um, the resulting message, he says, is that individuals with mental illness have no hope for a normal life, which is really upsetting. It is. It makes for great storytelling. Yeah. In a movie, let me tell you. But it sends a really negative message. Um, the reality is that this is not true. Um, experts say that not only do patients often recover from psych- psychiatric illnesses, but they can live healthy lives with the help of medications, therapy, and support networks. And then they have a really nice little example here. Um, Pamela, a 57-year-old who lives in the District of Columbia, who did not wish to use her last name, um, of course, (laughs) cites her story as proof. Uh, Pamela has bipolar disorder and spent years dropping in and out of college and suffering between doctors. Suffering. Shuffling between (laughs) doctors. Well, I mean, if you're between doctors, you probably would be suffering. So you're not wrong. I'm so tired. Um, But 10 years ago, she finally found a medication that stabilized her moods. She moved out of a group home, purchased a condo, held held down a job, and recently retired from her job as an office assistant. My recovery, Pamela says, was like a phoenix rising out of an abyss. Aww. They never show those stories, and those are the most inspiring, I think. Yeah. You know? So, what can we do? And then I'm going to be done. Okay. So, um, and this is one, this is a really short little article that I'm just going to read word for word, kind of like I did last time. Okay. Um, this is by Emma Frankham. Frankham? Frankham. Frankham? Frank Ham? <laughs> I don't know how you say her last name. Her name's Emma. Um, <laughs> our girl Emma our girl Emma she's a PhD student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and she researches incarceration policing policing wow see I need to be done <laughs> um, she researches incarceration policing and mental illness uh, the research discussed in this post is f- it's a blog post that she did um, in this blog post is forthcoming in the journal stigma and health and you can read more about the, her research there so just to so that you know where this is coming from um, I really, really liked the way that she put things. So um, stigmat- this little blog post is called Stigmatizing Media Portrayals, What Can We Do? Okay. The media often reports on individuals with mental illness. However, little is known about how accurately the media portrays these individuals. Are journalists getting mental illness right? The answer is no. I analyzed news reports about individuals with mental illness who were killed by police during 2015 and 2016 and found that these individuals were often stigmatized because of their mental illness. In, the th- in 301 online news reports, I found 231 examples of stigmatizing language. Aww. This stigmatization took a variety of forms. At, ju- at times, journalists used the stigmatizing language. Other times, stigmatizing language was present in quotes from family members, community members, or police. Here are some examples. Using mental illness as the defining characteristic of an individual. Example, paranoid schizophrenic, alcoholic, or drug addict, which we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Describing people with mental illness as helpless with little chance of recovery. Using derogatory language such as crazy, insane, Mental, crazed, deranged, nut, implying that suicide is caused by a single event, such as having a relationship problem or losing a job and not by mental illness, which is fucked up and not true. Yeah. I remember thinking that someone, when I was in middle school, there was this kid who was like in my grade, but went to a different school. He went to our church Mm -hmm. and 
he killed himself and everyone was saying it hit like his girlfriend had just broken up with him and all this stuff and everyone was blaming like that event and like the fact that he was struggling in school as being the cause Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people who get broken up with and don't kill themselves yeah it does that shows that that, puts the blame on the girl it puts the blame on the girl and it puts the blame on the person yeah who had to have been very mentally ill and struggling very much with depression yeah. And lots of other things were going through their head. That may have been the catalyst. Or but, whatever, it certainly but it was certainly not, not the, the cause. Yeah. No, you don't just one day. You don't get fired from a job and then jump out of a window just because you got fired from a job. Yeah. There were other things going on that led you to that decision for a long time. Yeah. Like my general practice doctor that I used to go to, I don't anymore. Because he... <laughs> When I was, uh, when I was slicing my thighs oh, honey. and like not thinking clearly at all mm-hmm. and wanting to legitimately kill myself, um, he was like, well, normal people don't just <gasps> decide that they're going to off themselves. And <laughs> it was really bad. Um, he said that to you? Yeah. He's like, that's not the normal thought process. And he's like, so are you really like wanting to kill yourself? Or, I mean, just, it was really bad. And it was part <laughs> and of that's why, why you go to a mental health professional. Yeah. It was part but of But it is also important for GPs to remember. <laughs> oh, no. I think I know what he meant, but he said it wrong. Oh, yeah. And that's where that whole thing we were talking about in the verbal abuse episode comes into play yeah. as to like he's placing the blame on you and calling you not normal. Yeah. I should have looked up the statistics sometime. When we talk about we're going to have an episode about depression. When we talk about depression, I'll find this the stats on that, but it is high. Yeah. So so high that I'm pretty sure we should call ourselves normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I really I really don't think he meant it to he didn't. be hurtful but it was there's no way that he meant that to be no (laughs) that's so sad i did not go back and i did not i was not still medicated for a very long time and then that led to other issues because someone was judgmental yeah um okay so um portraying violence as the norm for people with for people with mental illness um and then she has in parentheses however research has indicated that on average individuals with mental illness are not violent and that individuals with mental illness are more likely to be victims of violence. Yep. And then um, describing individuals with mental illness as, quote, not normal and, quote, not mentally there. Hey, look at that. <laughs> it's like you knew. Um, this implies that there is a fundamental difference between individuals without mental illness, quote, normal, and individuals with mental illness, quote, not normal. Yeah. You know what? I'll embrace it. <laughs> i'm okay with being I'm not okay normal not it was normal. just a very but that was not a nice thing for him to say when you were in the thick of self-harming yeah <laughs> oh and by the way this isn't normal at all just so that i can make you feel like more of a freak yeah <laughs> oh no yeah i have another friend who used to self-harm as well and she has a hundred percent come out of it and i mean those are the stories that we need to tell you yeah. know what i'm saying i've been clean since august I'm so Which proud is, of you. Thank you. I love you. Love you too. Um, okay. So what can we do? 
How journalists report on mental illness is crucial because incorrect reporting can easily reinforce stereotypes and and stigma in society. Research has indicated that people who are exposed to stigmatizing language are less accepting and supportive of people with mental illness. 100% can corroborate that. Mm -hmm. Um, Research has also shown that stigmatizing mental illness can increase the likelihood that individuals experiencing symptoms with will delay or avoid treatment. That's the biggest issue because people feel like they're crazy or they feel like they're weird. And so they don't want other people to think that they're weird. And so they don't do anything about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We just keep silent. Yeah. And that's the most dangerous thing you can do. They're afraid to, they're afraid to tell doctors because some doctors will respond with. Exactly. Well, that's not <laughs> normal. <laughs> or they don't like their therapist. So they want their therapist to think that they've got all their shit together. Yeah. And so they pretend like everything's fine so that they don't have to go. Which is why when my therapist started suggesting we go back to like once every two weeks. So it's like, okay, I'm putting on too good of a show. Yeah. Clearly I'm not. <laughs> talking about enough things <laughs> if you think i'm good with just going to every other week mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it'd be me um if, if you hi <laughs> if you notice derogatory okay so here we go if you notice derogatory and stigmatizing language in media contact the news station or journalists to let them know um i'll interject here and say do it kindly yeah people this is in ignorance. It's not in, it's not in, um, I, I'm, I'm of the belief that a lot of this is done out of ignorance and not out of actual malicious intent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So just be kind. Like we said in the verbal abuse thing, use your eye statements, place the blame on the action and not the person. They're not doing it on purpose unless mm-hmm. they are, but you don't know that. We can't assume that. Yeah. And people are way more like, more likely to respond to, constructive criticism that's framed in that way in a way that you're just trying to educate them as opposed to them to you coming in with guns blazing and saying you're the worst ever and <laughs> i can't believe you did this you're so fucking stupid but you know and then you blow them up and then they're just like oh well screw you i'm not listening to you you're yeah you're, you're just nuts like <laughs> you're just being a troll and i'm gonna let y'all in on a little secret if you come in like screaming at the people that are just trying to do their jobs you're going to become a joke Yes, absolutely. Like, they <laughs> will laugh with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So um, highlight the language you felt was stigmatizing and explain why it's important they not use this type of language. Then suggest other language they can use instead. In doing this, you are helping to stop spread the stigma on a large scale. You can also help a smaller help on a smaller stage in your daily life by becoming more aware of how you speak about mental illness and encouraging others to do the same. Um, I really try not to use the word crazy when I describe. I mean, I'll describe situations as crazy, or I'll be like, "Oh, that's crazy," or yeah, you know, things like that. But I really try hard not to um, not to use that adjective when I describe people. Yeah, um, I probably did when we were talking about that lady that stole that (laughs) that woman's baby and i'm sorry but she was cray anyway um (laughs) so i think that might have been called for i feel like that was called for she murdered someone so (laughs) Um, (laughs) you hurt my feelings well you murdered someone so so i'm not real we're not real concerned about your feelings hon um (laughs) we're talking about in the general public yeah (laughs) not with murderers um so 
for example, if a person uses a phrase uses the phrase quote a mentally ill person unquote, you could instead use the phrase a person with mental illness because it shows that they're a person yeah. first. You know, it human to reflect that mental illness is not the defining characteristic of that person. You know, yeah, kind of like how you would say a person with a cold as mm-hmm. opposed to a cold person. Uh, no. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> a cold victim? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you would call that person. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> a cold person. One of I, the infected. Yes. <laughs> an infected person. <laughs> yes. Um, you wouldn't say or that. Or an invalid. Or yeah. you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. just, you don't want to, d- or a drug addict. Like you wouldn't, you just just be careful about reducing people to things like that um it dehumanizes people yeah you could also pose questions to encourage someone oh wait sorry you could also pose questions to encourage anyone who uses stigmatizing language to reflect on the language they use um not in an asshole way there's no need to be a dick watch your tone um for example what did you mean when you said psychotic or can you explain what you meant by saying she's so bipolar yeah, like you could use words like if the person you're speaking of is just kind of has an unstable mood and is unpredictable. Say use unpredictable those words. Yeah, like um, she's kind of unpredictable, so be careful, tread lightly, or something like that. You don't know that the person has bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. and what if the person you're speaking to has it and has recovered from it, and you offend them or hurt their well, not offend them, but you hurt their feelings and make them feel other. Yeah. Our our language, we have to watch it here in in English speaking countries because our language is so full of hyperbole mm-hmm. that it can seriously damage people. It can really hurt people's feelings, and can, yeah. you can really alienate people. We just have to be really careful. And honestly, these are not big changes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just remembering that they're people just take an extra second to think about the fact that this is another human being who has their own story and their own family and their own friends and their own journey yeah don't ever you would think about how that would feel to you if you were reduced to that one thing if you feel comfortable being more direct, <laughs> you could suggest more appro- more appropriate ways of talking about mental illness. For example, if someone uses the term nuts to describe a person with mental illness, as I just did earlier, um, you could explain why that word is derogatory and instead suggest they say a person with mental illness. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a lot of people are going to be, I know a lot of people are like, but why? Why does it matter what I say? And I'm going to, I can say whatever I want. This is a free country. And yes, you can, but you don't have to. Just because it comes across your mind doesn't mean you need to say it. No. And like I said, free speech all the way. I'm all for it. Just be careful. And we can change, like the way that they're, have you heard about how um, instead of committing suicide, you're supposed to say completed? As opposed to committing because it criminalizes the act. Yeah. So they completed suicide. I've never heard that before. Instead but that's of criminalizing a really good... it. Yeah. Because it's as a result of mental illness. It's as a result of their depression. And it may have att- they may have attempted it and attempted it and attempted it. And now they've completed it. Mm-hmm. You know? 
as opposed to painting that person as a criminal when really they've they've just fallen victim to their own mental illness that kind of thing it just changes the nuance and it changes the perception it's incredible like the difference the picture is in your head Mm -hmm. just from that tiny just from one word you know yeah connotation is everything believe it or not it is um so stigmatizing language takes a variety of forms in our lives unfortunately journalists often don't get it right when they need to the most whether it's describing a person with mental illness as quote crazy or portraying violence as the norm for people with mental illness this is not the message that should be sent to the public these individuals deserve better and that's my segment that was a beautiful ending oh i thought so too that's why I just kept that one word for word. That might be a thing <laughs> that I start doing it to close yeah. my thing for my call to action. But yeah, because some people can just right. Why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people have already put in the legwork. So <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing is we are bringing you the research that we have done. Yeah. A lot of this is just we like, are not experts. Yeah. I'll reiterate that again. Yeah. We are people like you who have access to Google and a fascination yeah. <laughs> with life. <laughs> and we're willing to talk about it. And we want to so. see change. Yeah. So. And we want to put these articles and numbers together in a way that makes you see, like, what's really going on. and So that you can have a conversation with someone. So that you yeah. understand why you feel upset when someone says something a certain way. Or... You know, so just mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we get the conversations started at yeah. least. Whether you listen to this and then take it to work and talk about it at lunch or, you know what I mean? We want to mm-hmm. make sure you have accurate accurate ammunition. Yeah. In your holster. Yeah. There, partner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to finish my wine now. <sighs> I'm going to stop talking unless you do the talking. Yay. Because I like it when you talk. Oh, <laughs> I like it when you talk too. <laughs> All right, so um, I am going to start with a quote, um, and then I will get into the question that I asked I myself. I love quotes. Yes, it's a lovely quote. <laughs> I hope that you enjoy it. So, okay. Mental illness does have its place in the horror genre, and it is scary. The feeling that your brain no longer follows the commands you give it, that your senses can't be trusted, that you're at the mercy of internal forces you can't comprehend or control, it can be a nightmare sprung to life. It's the filmmaker's responsibility to keep it all in perspective and extend a grain of sympathy to affected characters, even as they slide further into their delusion. The world remembers Hannibal Lecter and his refinement coexisting with savagery, not Buffalo Bill, whose body dysmorphia transforms him into a snarling, feral animal. One is a character, the other's a ghoul. Wow. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, it was extremely powerful. If the thing does not moisturize, it gets the hose again. No, no, that's not it at all. It puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Oh, well, okay. I saw a meme that someone made of Donald Trump, like, talking about the wall. And it was like, if it does not build the wall, it gets shut down again. Yes! <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. All right. Uh, so that was uh, from Charles Bram- Bramesco. Yep. Uh, he wrote. Sounds in- right. Yeah. 
He wrote an article on the movie Split, which is what I'm going to be talking about. Um, I've so not seen this movie. It is an amazing movie. It was extraordinarily well done. Um, I love M. Night Shyamalan. I always have. Um, I love James McAvoy. He is a brilliant actor, and I really want to watch it because I want to support his career. Yeah. This is one of those times like a beautiful mind, though, mm-hmm. because that's a disorder that anyone could have. Yeah. And so it scares me like more deeply. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's really ra- It's a really rare one, right? It is. Yeah. There's... It's like super rare. This yeah. is the one that everyone always wants to get when they plead insanity. Yeah. They think they can fake it, but it's really fucking hard to fake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, there are l- fewer than 200,000 cases of this disorder a year. Mm-hmm. In the United States alone. Fewer than what? I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. 200,000. That's still a lot. It is. It is a lot. That's more than I thought. Yeah. Um. It's... Well, I'll get into it here in a minute. Okay. Sorry. Um. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um. And, like, I was... Like, I kept, like, getting thoughts about it while you were talking. That, mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that I was writing those down, no, but I knew fine. I could get them. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't want you to think I was just texting in front of your face while I, while you were talking. I really talking. thought that's what you were doing. You were like giving me sideways looks and shit. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> so today I'm going to be talking about one of the ones that was made into a ghoul. And his name is Kevin Wen- Wendell Crumb. And he is the main character in Split. Oh, that's his name. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and let me... Wait a minute. So you're saying, like, because Buffalo Bill is portrayed as, like, a freak, kind mm-hmm. of, whereas Hannibal Lecter is also very mentally ill and very mentally disturbed, but he's portrayed as, like, super intellectual and, like, evil genius. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's two different problematic things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like how Ted Bundy was kind of portrayed as, like, this evil genius. Which yes. he kind of was, but he was also a huge idiot. Yeah. Like, he... <laughs> Like, when he kept, like, asking that guy who came upon his crime scene in Florida to repeat everything that he saw, and, like, he kept asking, kept asking, For kept... more detail, because he yeah. was just getting off on it. Yeah. And everybody in there was like, dude, you are not helping yourself. Oh, was bad. And he kept doing that weird laugh of, like, oh, I don't know why they think I'm guilty. And yeah. Like, oh, well, I'll be out of here, just because, because no one who's actually innocent would behave that way. Yeah. He just did not understand. That's such a good series. It is. Okay, so the question that I decided to try to answer is, did Split accurately portray D.I.D.? And let me give you a little information. Gonna ah, get there. there sorry. <laughs> so, uh, to understand, to be able to answer that question, you have to know what D.I.D. is. So, uh, D.I.D. is Dissociative Identity Disorder. It is characterized by the presence of two or more distinct or split identities or personality states that continually have power over the person's behavior. (laughs) Split. Yeah. Look at that. (laughs) Like they did it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) They did. M. Night Shyamalan is extremely clever. Like, I grew up on his movies. I absolutely love them. I always have. Um, He's the guy that always puts the twist at the end, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, um... He's super handsome, too. He is, and he's in all of his movies. Yeah. He's in Split. Uh, <laughs> literally in the end credits, he's listed as Jay, the boneless wing lover. <laughs> <laughs> boneless wings are so stupid. <laughs> That's so funny. 
there's an entire they're, scene. They're where, just chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> there's an entire scene where he's talking to the therapist and she's like, where did you get these wings that you obviously reheated and did not make? It's such a great movie. It has such funny parts. Like, one of the personalities that um, is a main uh, player, he's a, nine, yeah, yeah. he's a nine-year-old boy named Hedwig. Hedwig. <laughs> and he is the cutest little... He's so cute. Um, he, he asked one of the girls, he's like, can I kiss you? I was going to kiss the other one, but she got in trouble. Ah! And the girl was like, sure. So... There was this really long, awkward kiss scene. (laughs) And, like, he pulls away and he's like, you could be pregnant now. Oh, no. (laughs) Sex education will be another episode. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was cracking up. That's amazing. It was a really nice split from... He apparently does a really nice job. Like I said, I haven't seen the movie, but from the trailer, what I gathered is that he did an amazing job, like, portraying each different personality, like, physically... Because it's not just about changing your voice. Mm -hmm. Like, the way you walk changes, and as someone who used to teach acting, like... Every you physically transform into another person. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna keep reading. I'm yes, sorry. Please keep reading. I'm so uh, sorry. It's okay. Uh, so it's characterized by the presence of two or more distinct or split identities or personality states with that continually have power over the person's behavior. With DID, there's also an inability to recall key personal information that is too far-reaching to be explained as mere forgetfulness. With DID, there are also highly distinct memory variations, which fluctuate with the person's split personality. The alters, or different identities, have their own age, sex, or race. Each has his or her own postures, gestures, and distinct way of talking. Sometimes the alters are imaginary people. Sometimes they are animals. As each, Yeah animals okay i didn't know that yeah one of the you could think you're a dog or a cat or something one of your personalities could be what yeah Yeah. i've never heard of that that's crazy wow and they like show that really well in split too of course it's over dramatized yeah i was gonna say like it's of course he's criminalized yeah there is a show by the way called the united states of Terra. Oh. Um, that portrays multiple personality disorder. Um, it's called the yeah, yeah. Well, dis- yeah. dissociative identity disorder, whatever, whatever it's called now. Um, it's it portrays that, mm-hmm. and I don't believe she's a criminal. I can't, it's Tony Collette who plays her. Ooh. And um, I think she has three. Okay. I think it's split. It's like thirteen or something crazy. Split like is twenty three, oh, and yeah. like some it's his twenty fourth some... that is what this focuses on. Yeah, that that's like unheard of. Yeah. Um, this one generally it's like three, yeah. five. I think it's not nearly that high, mm-hmm. which is where the like you said the hyperbole comes into play and things yeah. like that. But United States of Terra shows a more functional. Like someone who's trying to function as a person in everyday life, as opposed to someone who abducts people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, with Split, they they did a really good job with like the opening and ending credits because mm-hmm. like it, they'll have like the names of the people like in the middle of the screen, mm-hmm. but then there are twenty four small different like 
shots of like the same thing that's like scrolling behind. Interesting. Yeah. It was it was really cool. I counted just to make sure and oh. I was like, huh. Clever. Intentional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um let me finish this definition. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I just thought of it. I didn't want to forget. No, it's okay. Um, as each personality reveals itself and controls the individual's behavior and thoughts, it's called switching. Switching can take seconds to minutes to days. And that was one definition that I found. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went to psychology today and they had another definition. Um, it is a rare condition in which two or more distinct identities or personality states are present in and alternately take control of an individual. Some people describe this as an experience of possession. The oh. person, yeah, um, which is what Split portrays like more. what it feels like? It yeah. It feels like you're, oh. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit of history about this disorder. Um, so it was called multiple personality disorder up until 1994 when the name was changed to reflect a better understanding of the condition, namely that it is characterized by a fragmentation or splintering of identity rather than by a proliferation or growth of separate personalities. When did they change that? 1994. I had never heard dissociative identity disorder until this movie came out though. Really? Never. That's probably because the media was doing it well, up to... Right, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. Everyone still called it multiple personality disorder. Yeah. Like, literally, this movie came out, and then Chastity, who's our friend, who's a psych major, told us, like, that's not a thing. It's disassociative identity disorder. Yeah. That's the first time I ever heard this term. As that's someone really who sad. enjoys psychology. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I never, ever heard that. Like, that was when I was in elementary school was 1995. 1995, you said? 94. 94, yeah. 100% in elementary school when that stopped being a term used yeah. by psycho- psychologists. Yeah. And I literally have never heard it. And it's been this term all my life, and I still thought it was multiple personality right? disorder. See? Yeah. See, and that's where the issue is. Yeah. Sorry, guys. You okay? okay? Yeah. Um, okay. So, they experience two or more distinct identities or personality states, um, each with its own enduring pattern of perceiving, relating to, and thinking about the environment and self. Um, some cultures describe this as an experience of possession. That's so weird. So, I almost wonder if, like, people that claim that they have been possessed... Yeah. If this is what they were experiencing. And we just didn't know what to call it. Well, that's why there's a lot of laws in place with um, the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, that states that I just listened to an episode. <laughs> I just listened to that Wine and Crime episode. Um, it's I think it's titled Exorcisms Gone Wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in the car for like four hours the other day. Um, <laughs> I, I listened to that one and they were talking about how like they just did... They just enforce some rules that says that a mental health professional has to rule out that mental health illness, like they have to definitively say that mental health il- that mental illness is not the cause. Yeah. Before an exorcism can be re- um, performed. That's awesome. And like I said earlier, like this is a really hard disorder to fake. Yes. It seems like you could, 
just from watching movies and things like that. And I think that's where a lot of serial killers and criminals get the idea to fake it to try to get the insanity plea. But it's really, really difficult to fake it accurately. Mm-hmm. And those professionals know what to look for. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, I personally, I believe in, in possession. I think that's a real thing. But I do also think that it can be, it was overdiagnosed a lot in history. Uh-huh. And because, I mean, psychiatry is so new. Like, I do think that there were probably times that this was the case instead. Yeah. Especially because of how you black out. And, you know, it's it's very similar yeah. to how people have described it. I, that's not to say that I don't think possession ever happened. Oh, me either. Ever, you know, and it, that's not to say that the opposite is true either. I don't mm-hmm. think it's always mental illness. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just, that's so fascinating. I mean, like, as much as I want... Like, as much as I like the paranormal and the spiritual and mm-hmm. believe that it does exist, I think that there are there's a lot more logical explanations for a lot of the stuff that we experience and we automatically want to say, oh, this is demons. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm demons. I guess I'm demons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. like, no. <laughs> That's not always the issue. I mean, as much as we joke at work that there's a demon in the printer, like... <laughs> You're not going to it's, try to exercise the printer. No, it's, it's just a shitty printer. Like, yeah. <laughs> though it does seem to only malfunction when a certain someone messes with it. But Aww. call me crazy, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern. I'm not saying it's demons, but. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> it's demons. <laughs> We do have a, one of my coworkers put a picture of a saint over top of it to try to ward the demon away. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's oh, so funny. That's beautiful. I, I don't know why I'm having issues. I'm it's sorry. It's okay. <laughs> do you want to just skip ahead and talk about the movie? Because we can do a whole episode about this disorder if you want. We might should. Yeah. Just skip ahead and talk about the movie. It's fine. Um, yeah, You're tired. I'm sorry. We're both tired. Don't apologize at all, ever. Ever, ever, ever. Okay. And I'm gonna um I'm gonna start this out with a trigger warning. Um one of the main characters in this movie was um molested by her uncle. I wish they would do trigger warnings like on the covers of movies or something, because I would never have known that. Yeah. And it was really hard to watch. Like yeah. there were a few scenes that I had to skip. Wait, do they show it? I think they show some of it. I didn't give it enough time <gasps> to, because like there's there's one part. Or they give her like flashbacks or something. Or she has a ton of flashbacks. Like all throughout the movie are flashbacks because she used to go hunting with her uncle and father when she was little, and that comes into play in her getting out of this situation. Oh, that's so upsetting. Yeah, but like she. Her father ended up having a heart attack and dying, and she had to go live with her uncle. But, like, before he died, they would go on trips with her uncle to go hunting. And he would be like, hey, let's play a game where we pretend to be animals. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And, like, she has a full-on breakdown when she has that flashback. And she's, like... Yeah, 100% trigger warning. Yeah. For people who have been abused. Yeah. If that's going to if that's gonna trigger you, don't watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, maybe don't listen to this episode. Because as much as we want or, to listen. Well, I mean, you just told all of Talk to All about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Um, oh my gosh. Sorry. That's really I upsetting. did say trigger warning before well, you I started, did. Though, you did say so. trigger warning beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Okay. Okay. So, Split is the second movie in the um, Unbreakable trilogy. And then Glass just came out. Mm-hmm. Not too long ago. Right? Yeah, it's still in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Who, did, did you see it yet? Not yet. Okay, yeah. My brother told me he saw it. He said it was really good. I'm sure it was. <laughs> he was like, Carrie, you would love it. Yeah. Because he knows me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, un- Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. It's a dark superhero slash supervillain series. Mm. So, you would love it. I you love would. an antihero. Yeah. Um, so, the first movie, Unbreakable, um, it talks about David Dunn, who's played by Bruce Willis, because of course. Hmm. Um. And he Isn't is a Sam Jackson in that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He is a um, security guard who who has never been able to be hurt in his life. Like the only thing that can hurt him is water. Uh, so like when he was young, he almost Ew, drowned. So does he never take a bath? No, he takes baths, but like, huh? Let me explain. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not giving me a chance. The argumentative nerd in me is upset. <laughs> um, like he does take light showers and baths and stuff, yeah. but like that's the only thing that like if he were underwater, he would get hurt. Oh, okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's his kryptonite. Like if he's submerged. Yeah, because like when he was five years old, he almost drowned in a pool. Mm, okay. And but like. As an adult, he gets into this train crash that killed everybody on the train, and he was the only one that was alive uh, after all that. And it was like a horrific train crash. He should have died. So he's got like a Luke Cage, nothing can penetrate my skin and hurt me situation. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Like he got into a really bad accident. And Achilles super superpower. Yeah. <laughs> and his Achilles heel is water. I got it. Yes. Look, it's Greek. <laughs> <laughs> um. He, like, when he was in college, he went on a date with his wife and they got into a, or his would-be wife, he got into a really bad accident and he pretended that he got hurt so that it would be easy for get, for him to give up football so that he mm-hmm. could be with her. Um, it, you find this out as you watch the oh movie. God, it's really crazy. interesting. Yeah, but Mr. Glass, um, he, he meets him and Mr. Glass is a person who, uh, his skin tears very easily. His bones break very easily. That's so why he's he... like the opposite. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and he's the foil. Yeah. If we're gonna be real, you know, literature buffs about it. <laughs> <laughs> Says the English teacher that hasn't read The Great Gatsby. Hey, <laughs> you back off. I love you. I've read lots of things. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one. <laughs> Um, I, I have Judgy. to rag on you for that. It's such have you a... read Lord of the Flies? No. Okay. But I'm also not an English teacher. Hey, you know what? You're majoring in English. <laughs> and you got through high school without <laughs> reading Lord of the Flies. Because they made me read Anthem by Anne Rand instead. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was a really good book. That's what got me into psychology was Lord of the Flies. It's amazing. Anyway. I need to read it. It's not very long. But I also wasn't a high school English teacher. Hey, 
Um, anyway, continue with this yeah. with the movie Split. Yes. Um. So it it turns out that Mr. Glass has been basically a terrorist. Like he caused the train crash that David got into. Like he oh, he shit. caused That's some crazy. other yeah he caused some other really catastrophic events that killed a lot of people. Well, don't tell me too much because I want to watch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm about to spoil Split for you That's a lot. Fine. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Just Weirdly, to, sometimes spoilers make me want to watch things more, but yeah. <laughs> um, but I I need to give that background so yeah, that we no, can good. get into split. You're good. Um, so Casey Cook is an is a withdrawn teenager, um, and she had a really bad childhood. I'm not right. going to say that again. I'm no, sorry. Don't. Um, after a pity invite to a birthday party, she is offered a ride home by her classmate uh, Claire and Claire's father, along with Claire's friend Marcia. As the girls wait for Claire's father in the car, he is knocked unconscious and Casey, Claire, and Marcia are kidnapped by Kevin Wendell Crumb, a man suffering from DID. Yes. Um, James McAvoy! Yes. <laughs> uh, Kevin is in therapy with Dr. Karen Fletcher, who has identified 23 distinct personalities of Kevin. In his mind, these personalities sit in chairs in a room, waiting for Barry, the dominant personality, to grant them their turn in the light, which means Weird. in control. Yeah. And this is a really interesting way to portray it. Yeah. She's also found that Kevin's uh, physiology changes with each personality. Like, one of them is a diabetic and he has to have diabetes. Okay. Is that real? I don't think so. Yeah. I I think this is where. Yeah. I think this is where he takes his creative liberty. Liberties. And see, but, and then that's something that someone could think is true. Yeah. Is the problem. It makes for good storytelling, like not to shit on the movie. Yeah. But this is where you have to remember to separate. Just think it through. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Recently, Barry has refused to allow Dennis or Patricia their turns, in part due to Dennis's tendencies towards bothering underage girls and Patricia's undesirable traits, and also because both appear to worship a mysterious entity known as the Beast. Mm, Yeah. And that's the one that ends up being the animalistic personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Fletcher has found that she can bring back Kevin's own personality by speaking his full name. So, um... Kev- <laughs> Sorry, it's kind of like Shazam. <laughs> um, we'll have to see that movie. <laughs> he can't say his own name. <laughs> uh, so, this is what's problematic. Kevin is called the Horde. After- the Horde? Yes. Oh, because he has so many personalities. So it's well, like because he's a crowd of people is sometimes called a horde. Yeah. Well, like, like a he's, mob. Yeah, he's portrayed as a criminal, and that's what they use as his name. Like, I mean, he is a criminal, but because he abducts people. Yeah, but, but it's be like they're using his personality disorder. They're making him into a monster uh, when he's he, yeah. when really he's not like Kevin himself like you see like a flash of him for a minute and he's like please just fucking kill me like i i don't he's like i don't remember what i've done in the past two years please just kill me oh my god yeah and like he's clearly mm -hmm. he's clearly the victim yeah he's someone who's suffering from a very serious yeah, and I mean, all of basically disease. I mean, yeah. if you want to really put it in layman's terms, like and really yeah. simplify it, he's suffering from a life-threatening disease. Yeah, and all of the personalities except for three of them 
are genuinely good and like sweet and mm-hmm. fun to be around. And the the thing that I hate about this movie is that <laughs> which is a good movie. Yes, but there are. Pro- it's like when I watched Halloween. Yeah, the doctor, uh, Karen Fletcher, like she's trying to. Um, pretty much all of her patients have DID, and she's studying DID, and she's like talking on panels about DID and mm-hmm. like what she's found, and nobody's funding this research, nobody's like believing her really, and which lines up with reality, right? Yeah, yeah, that that does. But the thing is, she when she sees that there is something wrong. She doesn't take it to the police when she needs to take it to the police. She tries to go in there and do something herself because she gets too, I don't want to say she gets too cocky, but that's what she happens. She gets too cocky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Call the police. You are not the police. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, I'm all for women being empowered, but shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so don't put yourself in danger on purpose. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, Kevin's body chemistry changes with each personality, resulting in his 24th and final personality, the Beast, a grotesque and cannibalistic sociopath with superhuman capabilities, such as inhuman bodily strength, enhanced speed and agility, along with near invulnerability and unnatural mobility. Uh, To the point of being able to scale walls and ceilings, but resulting in his insatiable hunger for raw human flesh. (gasps) It's a cannibal? Mm Mm-hmm. It is. Oh, wow. Is that a thing? I don't think so. Okay. Um, He gets like... My my brother saw this movie, and he said that James McAvoy got like shredded. He did. For this movie. Oh, he did. (laughs) Like... There's a reason why. Yeah. Like you'll you'll see. I'm starting to put it together. Yeah. So um That's nuts. Yeah. But- <sighs> okay, so I'm gonna tell you about the four main personalities. Okay. Uh so Dennis, um, he's one of Kevin's first and most dangerous personalities. Um, he used to protect him from being abused by his mother because she would beat him if he made a mess. <gasps> like and, like, you see a scene where, and like, he's... also, real quick, there's a difference between beating someone and spanking someone. Yeah. Just to, like, clarify that. Mm-hmm. She would beat him to a pulp, basically. Oh, no. Uh, so, he developed extreme OCD. That wouldn't be a problem if his OCD wasn't used to sexualize the 16-year-old girls that he, ad- he adopted. Abducted. Abducted. <laughs> yeah. I can't talk. I'm it's sorry. Okay. Um, he would, he had this thing about like dirt. Like he, he had OCD. Like uh-huh. he, like there's one scene where he like brings in a bucket of cleaning supplies and he's like, okay, this is what you use on the ceramics. This is what you use on the floor. Make sure you keep the space clean. Bye. Don't, don't use a metal <laughs> spatula in the skillet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, like, he... Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) um, But the problem is, like, whenever their clothes would get dirty, he would make them take them off. Oh. And uh, two of the girls spend the film without a shirt, or one of them spends it without pants. And the main character, Casey, is forced to remove one of her many shirts after every incident of one of the girls trying to escape. Like, she had, like, three or four shirts. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Mm -hmm. Are they wearing bras? 
Yes. Bras and panties, but they're they're still 16-year-olds. I don't care for that. I don't either. Even as a plot device, I don't care for that. Yeah. That's what bothered me about them using OCD. I've never heard of someone with OCD behaving that way. Have you? Is that a real thing? No. That's bullshit. Yeah. Ugh, that was just an excuse to show some teenage girls bodies. Yeah, Sorry, and it was not okay. Line, but that's rude. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, I watched The Transporter with Josh not too long ago, and they're, they they objectified Jason Statham in that movie. Yeah. Who is a beautiful British man, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But it's... they just like covered him in motor oil for no reason and then had him fight shirtless. Like, what? Yeah. That is not a plot. To, that is not necessary to the plot. Like, yeah, why no. are you... No one fights in motor oil. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, it was really bad. That's such a trope of horror, too. I don't like it. Yeah. So, Hedwig. That makes an- me really angry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, Hedwig is a nine-year-old boy who's obsessed with Kanye West and makes a lot of mistakes that the other identities make fun of him for. Uh, So he's really scared of the beast, but is one of the stronger personalities. So Patricia and Dennis use him to take the light away from Barry. Because, like, you find out he's the only one that can take the light away from the most, from, like, the main personality. Mm -hmm. Because, like, he can just say that personality's name and make him leave. Interesting. Yeah. So Is that um, a thing? I don't know. I, oh, okay. I mean, it's different for everybody that else. It seems kind of supernatural, almost. I, Though I'm, I could see it being a thing. I don't know. It seems like it's one of those things that's like just weird enough to be real. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that like the physiology and the body changes. I don't think that that's a real no. thing. But I could very easily see like one of the personalities being able to just take over whenever it wanted to. Oh, for sure. That's, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. And that's what that I think this is. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. Patricia um, has control over Dennis and Hedwig. Uh, she is an older woman who worships the beast and has orchestrated the kidnapping of these three girls to feed them to the beast. Ugh. Yeah. Um, Barry is the main identity. Um, he's obsessed with fashion. <laughs> Wait. Sorry. I'm still absorbing. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, dear. There's so much wrong. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there's so much wrong there, with There's this. a lot of issues with the movie. <laughs> it's a lot. so upsetting. <laughs> oh, no. It is. I'm just going to curl up over here. <laughs> it's okay. I've just got a few more things okay. and then I'm done. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. Oh, no. Uh, so, Barry's the main identity. Wait, uh, he- is Patricia the one in the turtleneck? Yes. Okay, who's like the uptight, proper, like governess looking lady? Yeah. Okay. But it, I say lady, <laughs> it's James McAvoy yeah. <laughs> in a dress. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Clearly she's uptight. Yeah. Yes. Very. Oh, no. Uh, let's see here. Um,. Okay, Barry is the main identity who's obsessed with fashion. Um, Like, he takes all of his drawings of different, like, clothes to Mm -hmm. the therapist whenever he goes to see her. And um, he's taken over the light because he is the strongest identity that can protect Kevin. And has banished Dennis, Patricia, and Hedwig from taking over the light because they have undesirable characteristics. And then they're able to overcome that. But basically... Every one of them is in place to protect Kevin. 
I think the only one that I don't see doing that is Patricia. Um, I I she can't seems figure like a facilitator. Yeah, I can't figure her out. But um, and honestly, the fact that they would be there to protect him makes sense if it's a disorder that's tr- that's is triggered by or stems from trauma. Yes, it wouldn't make sense that you would have one instigating criminal activity. Yeah. Like that. But what do I know? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, please. <laughs> I do not know anything. This is a very complex disorder. Yeah. And again, like there's research that's coming out like daily. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, so new. It's some. It's not something that anybody understands 100%. You know, no. this is the deepest. This sounds like, like the deepest, darkest probes of what the brain is capable of to me. Yes. And I mean, there's so much we don't understand about it. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, it's okay. And just like the last thing I want to say, like, I really liked the movie. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of issues with it. And I think it, it would have been less criminalizing of the disorder if it had been flipped and Casey had the disorder because she did have a lot of trauma trauma. and it would have been really neat to like see her struggling with that but be able to use that to overcome the situation that she was put in Mm -hmm. and like well a lot of people who are abused in in any way be it sexual physical whatever a lot of people who are severely abused physically in some way Mm -hmm. kind of create an escape in their minds yes from what i've encountered just from personal experience with with friends and 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 things um not for myself. I, so that that makes a little bit more sense, like what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. you kind of create a happy place to escape yeah. from the pain. But yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I just, I hate that it was used to criminalize him because he is the, he is a supervillain. Mm-hmm. That's what he's made to be. Yeah. And it's because of that disorder. And that's not... And again, we're not shitting on the movie. Like, it's you can still enjoy a movie while also recognizing those... Pro- Just make sure that you also then... You can enjoy the movie, but recognize those problematic things and make sure that they don't penetrate your own understanding of what mental illness is yeah. and what this disorder can be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when you see that one personality has diabetes, you can be like, okay, that's not real. Yeah. But you can still enjoy <laughs> the movie and appreciate it. Yeah. You know? We can appreciate the fiction and the fantasy. Just make sure we... Let people enjoy things, but, like... Yeah, definitely. Like, Let don't people, be a dick. Don't be a like, troll. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but understand that that's not how it is. Yeah, it's important to do your own research and do your own... Make sure you have your a, a, a good understanding of things before you then start spreading those things to other people or start believing them to be true. Just yeah. make sure you, you fact check. Because, you know, movies are movies. Hollywood is Hollywood. Like... The Greatest Showman is one of my favorite movies, but... It is not 100% accurate. 100% not accurate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's a version of history, but it's not a, a very true one. <laughs> well, that's Some how all is. history is. <laughs> no. His... No. <laughs> well, I mean, history was written by the people in power. Yeah, history is so. written by the victor. But I digress. Mm. All right. Are we ready for a ladies' yes. night question? I'm so tired. <laughs> I am ready. Me too. And I've got to drive home still. I think it's my turn to roll the dice. Okay. Lucky number seven. Oh, no. What is your most embarrassing moment? Fuck. <laughs> it happened. 
<laughs> the spirits willed it. <laughs> Fucking hell. I've got one ready. You go ahead. Okay. So I was in theater when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom helped with it some. Because my mom was a teacher at my high school. Yeah. So um, you've heard the way I speak. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when mom's not around. Um, <laughs> which is what's recorded here. Um, yeah. So we were doing dress rehearsal for a show called Rumors, which I loved. It was so funny um, by Neil Simon. And um, at one point... I was supposed to, I had a champagne glass in my hand and I was wearing heels and I was supposed to run around like the end of a couch and then back behind the couch and, and exit into oh. the bathroom. And so it was like a fish hook kind of, kind of move. Yeah. Um, and they hadn't m- mopped or swept the stage since the show previous. And so it was covered in baby powder. Oh no. And so <laughs> I had a champagne glass in my hand. I went around the end of the couch and slipped as I as I changed directions, my feet went straight up in the air. I smashed the champagne glass into my hand, and it cut my hand and cut my knee. And I pulled it up. It was dress rehearsal, thank God. Yeah. Um, I stood up and kind of pulled it off and said my line and ran off stage, and forgot that my mic was still on. Oh. <laughs> and I said, "Where is a motherfucking band-aid? Give me." A- I don't- and people were like your mom's coming your mom's coming i was like i don't need my fucking mom just get me some duct tape and toilet paper like i have to be back on stage my mic was still on and my mother was out front she was like i heard your language (laughs) oh no yeah i think it was warranted i think so too i think that's why i kind of got a pass with that one i was like well i cut my hand open mom (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness goodness me my most embarrassing moment. I have so many. <laughs> How do I choose? Choose a good one, Kay. The first one this brings to mind that's funny. We kind of lighten this up. It's been a pretty heavy one. <laughs> the only one I can think of is the fact that my mom had to be in the room with me the other day when I was seeing my gynecologist <laughs> to figure out if I needed to have this surgery. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. <laughs> but she was in there when he was having to shove stuff up my vagina. <laughs> Always that a was fun real thing. fun. Always a fun thing to have your mom present for. <laughs> yep. Oh, thankfully he is a wonderful human. And he is. <laughs> but I can understand that. That's yeah. so funny. I wanted my mom there because... I wanted her to, like, be able to be in there and understand what right. exactly was going on and what needed to happen. Well, and understand the surgery that's necessary and mm-hmm. what the procedures will be for recovery and shit like that. I mean, yeah. it makes sense, but it's still not but great. I wish she would have <laughs> stepped out for a minute <laughs> when he had to shove stuff up there. It's a weird thing to make eye contact with your mom. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I was... I was too frightened. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been kind of a long one. But um, thank you so much. Definitely yeah. remember to leave us a review if you want to, and we'll give you a shout out online. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Check out our Tumblr blog, at Talk Crooked, for sources and photos. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. 
You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We are currently a self-funded podcast, so if you would like to donate and receive a shout-out on air, please visit us at patreon.com slash talkcrooked. Eventually, we will start doing listener episodes. If you have your personal stories related to our previous episodes, email us at talkcrooked at gmail.com. For business inquiries or sponsorships, email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. Okay, bye.